Welcome everyone to the Russell Show. I'm your host Russell Chaudhary. I can't wait to jump into this podcast episode. Episode number 188, we have a special guest Hardy Brooklyn. So in this episode we'll discuss with the Hardy the topic of consent and boundaries. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on our podcast and let's dive in. Okay. Hi, Hardy. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast episode. Really appreciate it. How are you today? I'm very good today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, pleasure is mine to have you in the show. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you. And we'll have an interesting topic to discuss on the show, which will be boundaries and consent for, uh, so we can use it in a business or we can have use it on personal life. So we're going to have like a conversation on that. So before we get to that, I'd love to know more about yourself. How did you become a coach or like a, being an entrepreneurship journey? Like how did it get started? Great. I really appreciate you asking that. So I started my career as a business person. When I was very young. I've owned multiple businesses. I started in uh, food, mm-hmm. pizzeria, Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and then I moved on to technology. And in all of those roles, I had a mentorship role. I was always mentoring somebody, guiding somebody, helping individuals move forward in life. And as I moved into consulting, I worked for bigger and bigger power companies you know, global companies. And one of the things that I really hated in my gut was I'm always putting a patch on a corporate problem. I was never fixing the fundamental core of what was going on in a corporation. Mm. So as I moved through my life and I became a consultant and then technology and then business, and then all of a sudden I decided... I wanted to be a coach because a coach was like looking at the root of the problem from the gut and the origin of the individual, not from the individual's perception. And I decided after Burning Man in 2019 to go ahead and take a bunch of online coaching certification programs from multiple different places. Graham Norton, Kane Ramsey, Joel and Ali Rivera. So I went through and I took three or four of them, but I also had a lot of back-end training. So I'm Sandler Sales Certified. I took the Dale Carnegie program. I took a bunch of landmark courses. So I've been always constantly going on this journey of self-improvement. Yeah. And after I took the courses, I was like, wow, I would rather do this than like try to figure out why one core part of a business wasn't working, whether it be technologically related or whether it be user related or government related. And when I started working with my clients, I noticed that I got so much less negative energy pushed back to me. I didn't have anybody pushing back to me anymore on that doesn't work. That's your fault. This is the, you know, why do you tell me to do that? Because now I ask people questions. I never tell anybody what to do. I let them find their own conclusions. And even when I'm doing boundaries and um, consent, you know, projects and speeches and consulting, well, even when I'm doing those, I'm not telling people what to do. I'm asking people what their emotions are, where things come from. I'm asking very calculated, open questions so that people can live their true self and understand where they want to go and not be told what to do. Because that's how we got here in the first place. Yeah. You need to make money. You need to do this. You need to do this. These are all words that people are constantly hearing from their friends and their parents. And when they're growing up, you need to get good grades. Well, why do you need to get good grades? What what difference is that going to make? Mm. 
I mean, I got good grades. I got bad grades some years. To me, looking back on it, the years I got bad grades were way better for me because I learned more about life. I learned more about my mistakes and I learned from my mistakes. When I'm doing all this great stuff and nobody's questioning me, I'm not learning as much. I'm not learning from mistakes, learning how to solve problems. So I started coaching and I, it's been an interesting journey. I have clients in all walks of life from individuals that are unemployed to on-air TV personalities that I coach. That's great. That's a great journey you had. And how many in the coaching, uh, coaching business, how long has it been? The coaching business I actually started in February of 2020, one month before the pandemic exactly. <laughs> great timing, isn't it? And a lot of coaching business thriving that time, like a lot of people needed some kind of help and like they've been at home. So I think it's a great time to start the coaching business. It was, you- it was definitely an interesting time. Um, I would say that it was a very big learning curve for me because it wasn't just easing it in. Hmm. Like my clients were hitting me with big issues from day one. Right. When most coaches, like when you're starting out, you're like, hey, let's talk about like preconceived notions, not I need to lay off half my workforce and I'm not going to make my budget numbers and I really like this job, but where do I go? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So yeah, let's, let's talk about like we have like interesting topic to discuss, which is like the boundaries and concern, like you are really passionate about the topic. And so let's talk about like what kind of boundaries we are thinking of in terms of like a today's podcast. Like, is it relationship and a business-wise, which one are we, we we're gonna focus? On? So what I find really interesting is when I got into boundaries and consent, my first presentation to a couple of hundred people in the room was supposed to be a organization that educated swingers on boundaries and consent, which are people that have multiple partners that are sometimes married, sometimes not, but people that are very fluent. And I got up in front of the stage and I started my presentation and I got about five minutes in and I got one of these. Mm-hmm. And normally I don't ask, you know, five minutes in, what's the raise hand? And the person was like, uh, can you back it up one? And I'm like, okay. And I look at the room and everybody's like, I started boundaries and consent in the sex world. It lasted probably six minutes. That same exact presentation that was supposedly geared towards sex ended up being setting boundaries with family members and fellow workers. Because it doesn't matter to people whether it's sex, the playground, the gym, the restaurant, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. you, when you go into your and right now is a great time to talk about it for Americans and for foreigners. But for America, we have Thanksgiving coming up. For everybody else, you have the holiday season coming up. And working on boundaries, it's what is something acceptable that you are okay with people doing to you? And that's the most important part. A boundary is not a rule that you set on someone else. A boundary is a rule that you set on yourself. And when I say that, that means I will not, a boundary is I will not put myself in a position around people that pick their nose on a regular basis. That means that I am willing to take myself out of that scenario if everybody in the room is picking their nose. 
I cannot expect everybody in the room to stop picking their nose because I said so. That's a rule. A boundary is you have to be enforced, you have to be self-empowered, and you have to be willing to stand up for yourself. So if a boundary, let's say, on the holiday season is I don't like people constantly putting me down or berating me, it's not your responsibility to tell those people to stop the behavior. It's your responsibility to remove yourself from the situation so the behavior stops. And that's a very big point that people don't understand that a boundary is on yourself. It's your own ownership. It's not on the other person. So it's like in focusing on yourself, like making full control of ourselves rather than changing the person like who they are, right? Like taking control of ourselves. So a lot of times, like we see uh, people like always try to control what other people have to say or other people are doing. And rather than like doing ourselves, we don't actually look at it like we are doing wrong or like we need to have like boundaries and we not putting ourselves into the situation like where we have to like ask other person to have like boundaries. So how do you like actually keep ourselves in a position like we don't have to like uh, ask other person to not to do something? Well, you really sh you're in, in we're, we should never try to control another person. Yeah. When I run into a situation like let's say let's take picking nose because that's pretty generic and pretty mm. across the board. If, if I'm in a room with people that are picking in the nose and I need to leave and I, I will literally say I cannot be in a room with people that pick their nose on a regular basis. It just makes me uncomfortable and I need to I need to leave. I'll come back when you're done. Right. Get up and leave. If it's, you know, let's say it's your partner that, um, you know, always, you know, slaps your ass in public, which I'm guilty of. Dylan, I'm still one of those old school men that slaps women's asses every once in a while. But I ask permission first. <laughs> but let's say it's somebody that's not asking permission and doing it on a regular basis. You could tell them to stop. You can ask them to stop. But it's really your responsibility not to put yourself in a position where the person's going to do it. Yes, it's wrong that they do it. Mm. But you need to remove yourself so the person gets the hint. Just saying, stop slapping my butt and then creating the same exact action that person's not going to get it even though they should they should learn it they should stop all of these things that should happen but because of all of the examples that we have in society yeah they won't so you need to remove yourself from that situation and that's the big thing and then not only that but it, let's say i have a boundary mm -hmm. i have a boundary that says let's take a good one is um Whenever I go out with people, I will, you know, not have sex on the first date. That's my boundary. That's not a boundary on someone else. Now I meet a guy, a girl, I meet somebody out that I'm really interested in having sex with on the first date. What's happened? I've broken that boundary. But I am consenting to that. So if the person asks and I say, yes, I am willing to, now I can only consent when what is happening. Yeah, definitely. What, what, what is a situation, and this is really important, that a human being can consent to another human being? What are the parameters that have to exist before I can do that? Mm. A lot of times, like in a, like a corporate world, like there is no boundary issues and 
I spoke to one of the lawyer and there is a lot of harassment going on in the workplace because the colleague, the bosses are not taking like a control of themselves, right? And uh, when times comes down to boundaries, like the employee is probably scared of like and not to complain to a boss or like whoever, like in the HR department, whatever the colleague is actually doing and her or him like not actually accepting that kind of situation. So a lot of people embarrassed and a lot of people like don't have the guts to go and actually make the kind of complaint. What what would be like you doing in the position? Like how do you approach the situation like that? One thing that's very important to remember is that when you're dealing with consent and boundaries, the rules that are set for those issues, and I'm going to go a little bit off and step back a little bit, and then I'll answer your question is you can only change your consent or change your boundaries when you were sober and mm. straight. But sober means a lot. Sober means you're not affected by prescription drugs. Yeah. Sober means you're not affected by illegal drugs. Sober means you're not affected by running a marathon. So when you finish a marathon, you are legally in this most states not able to give consent because you are of the euphoria and the high. So different kinds of activities like any BDSM action, when you're in subspace, you can't give consent. So that's really important for people to learn is that you can only change your boundaries and your consent when you are of normal, sound, sober, straight sense of mind. And then we fast forward this to the work world. Yeah. Now we have all these people that are either harassing, touching, doing all of these inappropriate things. Depending on where you live, the the laws and the rules may protect you and they may not. Mm. Depending on the company you work for, the HR department might work, protect you and might not. And I do think that you're right in that I have worked with corporations where I have complained about employees to HR and I've been called a baby. I've been called, you're an adult. You should be able to settle it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, wait a second, state law requires me to go to you and tell you this in, in the United States. And the pushback happens because we're still in a place where people are not comfortable confronting people that violate other people's boundaries mm. and people don't have boundaries themselves. You're going to talk to an HR professional that in all honesty probably has no boundaries. I mean... It, it's sad to say that uh, most of the clients that I worked for when I was in the power generation world, all of the people that I've met in HR were submissive. And they were all submissive to the president of the company. So they were, they were all, whether it was General Electric, Siemens, it didn't matter what company, Con Ed, all of those HR people were basically there to protect the bosses. Yeah. And they say they're not. And every once in a while, though, do something to somebody else, but the big boss is always protected. And I've literally, I've had issues where I've gone into those, some of those companies that I've named and complained about men and women mm. behaving inappropriately. And I've been told, you're an outside consultant. You're an adult. You should yeah. know how to handle it. And I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> then I don't want to talk to that person anymore. Well, then you don't work with us anymore. And that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, you need to have like a proper system in place, like where everyone can be heard of and like take an action if someone is wrong and guilty and they need to be like a punishable 
offense, isn't it? Like that's why like a lot of people have to go to the court and everything and like get sued then before like they can receive some kind of action on it. Other than that, like in a work environment, nothing has been taken, right? Correct. And But what we need to do as a culture and a society is yeah. take two steps back. Because if we went back and we started educating people in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, intermediate school, whatever school it might be, of proper social behaviors and proper respect for people around you and respect for yourself, mm. we wouldn't be in this situation. I mean, look at how much hate is in the media today. There's no need for it. Yeah. And if we can get to become more loving and more respectful of other people, a lot of these problems will naturally go away. And if you look at cultures that do, they don't have as much of these problems. They have different problems, but they don't have the similar problems. Now, yeah. how do we do that? How do we learn to respect ourselves? Well, I don't know the answer to that because everybody's different. But the first thing to do is to wake up every morning and say, I am worth it and I am loved. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Hardy, it's, it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we're coming to the end of this podcast. So those who are listening, if anyone wants to reach out to you and learn more about you, where's the best place to find you? The best place to find me is I am on the World Wide Web at Hardy Brooklyn, H-A-R-D-Y, Brooklyn, B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N.com. If they want to check out my crazy Instagram posts, they can find me at Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y, Brooklyn, B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N, dot N-Y-C, which is where I live. Um, if they want to reach me by phone, they can also hit me at 516-903-1710. And that is a phone number in New York City. So that's a USA country code. Yeah, thank you so much for those. So it's been a great pleasure having you on the show. And it's been an absolutely uh pleasure so on the show and yeah thank you for coming by thank you so that's a wrap guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode i hope you enjoyed it so if anyone interested to learn more about hardy or reach out to him go visit his website or you can reach out to his phone number so until then i'll talk to you in the next episode take care everyone